Hello and welcome to Morgan Latif Presents Coaching You Through Crisis. I'm Sam Latif, co-founder and director of Morgan Latif and your host. And this week, my guest is Mark Militich. Mark is a founder of Claxis Consulting and is a proven executive coach. He works with leaders and their teams focusing on organizational and personal transformation. He believes that lasting organizational change both requires and creates opportunities for personal change. He uh, brings cross-cultural perspective to his work, bridging the gap between Anglo and Germanic cultures, having lived in Germany, Switzerland, the UK, and the US. He studied psychology at the University of Pennsylvania, and later anthropology at the University of Michigan. He is a, a true, a lifelong student of human behavior. And in this episode, we talk about the choice point. Um, he details a little bit about what the choice point is, and particularly how we can utilize it in times where we are um, quite heavily impacted by our environment and external factors in order for us to make better decisions uh, and also particularly as leaders really support our teams uh, through challenging times. So uh, as always I hope you enjoy the conversation and uh, why don't we get into it. Good morning Mark, thanks so much uh, for being with us today. Hi Sam, thanks for having me, it's a pleasure. So uh, as is customary with our show uh, I, and as we're now coming out of the lockdown um, I always want to understand from our guests uh, a little bit about what they've learned from a personal perspective, be that as a friend, uh, as a spouse, um, anything that you've learned in particular from this lockdown that you're going to be taking with you uh, moving forward? Well, yeah, from a personal perspective, but also from a professional perspective, I'm, I've been quite amazed at how adaptable people are in, in learning to use the tools and communicate and interact with people in different ways. And I, I have been doing a lot of virtual coaching uh, long before this on, you know, one-on-one -on -one via video. But what was new for me was to facilitate groups. And I was amazed at how well it worked, creating, creating a, a group dynamic of trust and openness uh, using virtual tools. And I hope that we take that with us and rethink some of the communication and whether it's really necessary to travel. And one thing that I've definitely learned is this idea of uh, deliberate interaction and when you focus on someone virtually you're focused 100 percent on them and there's really no distraction and that's something that i think is a good thing and i hope to carry with me into the future as well yeah absolutely i mean we're having also discussions with a lot of clients that are kind of shifting their 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 view on working from home and, and leveraging these technologies there seems to be obviously a lot more uh, of a willingness to maybe go into a bit of a hybrid model so uh, for sure it'll be interesting to see um, and uh, also, as is customary with, with our show, um, I also want to understand the origin story of, of you as a coach. I wanted to sort of understand a little bit more, uh, again, what, um, what really put you on that path and what made you want to become an executive coach. Yeah, I think like a lot of people, I didn't set out uh, to become an executive coach. It was more a natural evolution from my work as an organizational consultant and my background in psychology and anthropology. Mm -hmm. At some point, I, I realized that um, asking the right questions was more valuable to my clients than providing answers. Mm -hmm. And a coach is really a person who enables the other person to find the right answers, the challenging or bringing in a different perspective, uh, but really by asking good questions. And uh, I had a really good role model when I was just starting out as a consultant. One of my first managers was an excellent coach long before that was kind of you know, in everybody's mouth, uh, what was a business coach? Um, he challenged and supported at the same time. Mm. He had me present to people many years my senior, and he was there to support me if I needed him. Um, he pushed me, but only as much as I could handle, maybe a little bit more. 
but I felt very safe with him. Um, he made me feel special and powerful. And yeah, I learned a lot about being a good leader and being a coach from him. And the story has a, a sad but interesting twist. Many years after I had left the company, uh, I got the message that David had died. Mm -hmm. And there was an overwhelming outpouring of admiration and respect and, and, and even love for David and the work he had done from all the people he had worked with over the years. And here I had thought I was special because David supported me. What I realized was David was special and he made everyone feel that way. Yeah, yeah and I think you're right. That's kind of a definitely, I think, how the, the profile of a leader has changed, right, um, over the years. And, um, and that's, yeah, there's no better sign of that for sure. Uh, and interesting to say, I mean, it's the same in our profession, right? It, I mean, I've also learned that even though I'm in a very commercially driven um, industry, that it's actually the people that are asked the best questions are typically the ones that get the best results. It's, um, today, you're going to talk to us about uh, the topic around choice points. Um, and um, again, this is something that I know you, you feel passionate about as a coach. So the first thing uh, I think is best starting off as is to really explain exactly what you mean by, by the choice point. Yeah, the choice point, it refers to the, the only freedom that any of us really have, and that is the, the ability to choose our response in a given situation. So we can't change the situation. We can't change what other people do in a situation. And to a large extent, we can't even control what we think and feel about the situation. And the only thing that we really can control is our own behavior, how we respond to a situation here and now. That's what I mean by the choice point how we behave and how we choose to behave in a given situation. And by actively choosing a response rather than letting ourselves be navigated on autopilot, that's how we can work to shape our future success and satisfaction. And I think with that, I mean, obviously there's the kind of the elephant in the room in terms of the situation, not anymore just in case of the pandemic, but I think also there's obviously big topics around um, racial, uh, systemic and institutional racism in some respects affecting certain communities also how business is responding to that all amidst a, a global pandemic so there's lots of uh, factors that i think um you know uh, with regards to a time of crisis that maybe people can sort of wonder how much effect that they can have on their own actions right so uh, how do you think this relates to coaching in times of crisis and how does choice points relate to that specifically well, a coach's, a coach's role is to help leaders and people um, understand that they do have a choice, that we always have a choice in a situation. And especially for people in a leadership position, their response, how they choose to respond, can either dampen or amplify the stress for others. So any kind of a stress situation, if we focus on the facts and what we can and will do about the facts, we can reassure others. On the other hand, if we ignore or deny or escalate or play down the facts uh, in order to try to sway opinion, we may have, we may succeed for a short term, but reality will always come back to bite us in the end. Um, so the coach's role in a crisis is to help people in leadership positions realize that they have a choice and to help them have the uh, perspective to make the right choice in the situation. There's a lot of critical decisions that leaders will make, and some are going to make the right ones and the wrong ones. But um, how do you also, I mean, maybe what is your recommendation in, in leaders having that clarity to then make that decision uh, when there's so much information that they're being bombarded with? 
Well, I think the first thing uh, is that it takes courage. It takes courage to see the situation the way it is. It takes the courage to allow uh, different perspectives to absorb that and to not um, fall victim to what we all have, which is the confirmation bias, which says we only let in information that confirms what we already believe. Um, the, the choice point is really relevant for business leaders because leaders face dozens, if not hundreds of choice points each day. And their choices, as I mentioned, have consequences not only for themselves, but for their teams and for their organizations and maybe for the, the society in general. Um, there's a great book by Bob Anderson and Bill Adams. It's called Scaling Leadership. And they say leadership is deployment of self into circumstances. Hmm. To me, that's the, the, the crux of the choice point. Yeah. Uh, the primary asset that a leader has is herself. And how she chooses to deploy herself, that's the choice point. How she shows up, how she behaves. So you can say, in a way, the leader brings the weather. Hmm. They bring the weather with them into the room, into their organization. And I like that metaphor in particular because there's always weather. You can't turn off the weather. You can have good weather or bad weather. And in the same way, a leader is always leading. Even a leader who chooses to, to not show herself or to not make a decision or to not get involved is leading the way for others to maintain and stick with the status quo. And interesting, you said there how much... Um you know, they should take in the facts and understand the situation. But when it comes to choice point, I think you talk about free will. And then again, there's that also, I know the, the philosophical thing in terms of free will versus determinism, but how much of the choice point is actually just pure instinct. And then the other is just basing decisions on facts, for example, is there, is there a split amongst that? Is that, how much is that? How do you weigh one versus the other when you're, when you're assessing that? Well, I think, I mean, I, I, maybe I wouldn't call it instinct, but we do have automatic reactions. So when we're confronted with a situation, especially a stressful situation, um, our, our automatic reaction is usually one of to, to fight it, to run away from it, or to kind of freeze and not do anything. And so the choice point is to, to uncouple or decouple from that automatic reaction in order to make a conscious decision about what will help me in the long run get, where, get to where I need to be rather than react automatically um, to one of the crisis modes of fight, flight, or freeze. Oh. It's a bit like mindfulness, having that kind of perspective on, of, about yourself. And, about what, and, and again, with that, I mean, you're, we're talking again in very theoretical, but is there like a, a, an also specific example um, that, uh, that I think really highlights choice point as well? Yeah, I can, I can make a very simple example. Um, let's say you're a business leader and uh, a manager comes to you and informs you that her team will not meet a key objective. They won't meet a deliverable or milestone. And you're counting on that result to win new client, to win new business. So immediately, you may think about what will happen if you lose this new business. Your bonus may be riding on it. You have to kiss that new car goodbye. And as a result, you feel angry and upset. Your heart starts pounding. You have a real physical reaction. So that's the situation. That's the situation external. The team will miss their deadline. Nothing you can do about it. The situation internal is you're worried, you're upset, you're angry, your blood pressure's up. Nothing you can do about it. So here's where the choice point comes in. How do you decide to act in this situation? You can't change the situation, but you can choose how you respond. So the automatic response, as we talked about, might be to fight. So you get angry, you yell, you say, why am I just hearing about this now? Or you say, I want you to come back to me tomorrow with a solution to this problem. 
Yelling feels good. You throw the ball back to the manager and you delay the response for at least one more day. But of course, you learn nothing about the real reasons for the delay and you damage your relationship with this manager. So another automatic response might be to run away from it, to hide from the negative thoughts, to cover them up with a little pep talk. So you say, ah, everything's going to be fine. It'll all work out. The problem is these negative thoughts may come back in the middle of the night when you wake up at three in the morning in a cold sweat. Mm. You can't just turn the valve off. So what's the choice point? How else could you decide? You could decide to engage, engage with the manager by asking questions together to discover the reasons for the delay and how you can support the manager to get the project back on track. That's what I mean by the choice point. And I mean, it seems also that because there's this kind of nature versus nurture um, argument again and, and with a lot of things, what do you suggest to people that have typically seen just, I don't know, the way they operate has brought about good results. And, and again, they don't practice the, the kind of choice point, um, uh, you know, uh, actions that, 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 that you suggest. How does somebody change their behavior to, again, be more conscious of that and, and be able to apply the choice point more effectively? You mentioned the, the, the word mindfulness, and really it's about becoming mindful in the situation that, that you do have a choice. To, to focus on when your heart starts pounding, that's your body telling you that something is not right in the world. You have an emotional reaction. And to become aware of that and to give yourself the time, so breathe into it, to kind of give yourself the few seconds that you need rather than automatically reacting out of this emotional response to say what is a more um, long-term beneficial response that might be in line with my long-term interest and my long-term values. And, and with regards to this idea, where, where did the idea of choice point come from in, in the first place? The, the concept of the choice point was um, talked about and developed by Russ Harris, who is a doctor in Melbourne, Australia. Okay. And he has written a book called The Happiness Trap. He speaks on acceptance and commitment therapy, also known as ACT. And the primary goal of ACT is to help people make choices in line with their values and long-term goals. So counter to what a lot of people think, a good life is not a life filled with um, free, well, free, free of care or filled with happy feelings and sweet memories. Research in positive psychology shows that what people call a good life is a life spent acting in line with one's values. But also you talk a little bit about how um, this is really about aligning your values with your actions. Um, Mm -hmm. And interestingly, I've had this conversation before with coaches in that sometimes articulating your values is is also not as easy as as one, again, might think for for some people, some might have it more clear than others. But um, again, in times of uh, where the situations are very complex and and, uh, things are ambiguous. I mean, how do you suggest also um, leaders think very clearly about their values and then also execute that on on their actions? Is there anything also that they can do to sort of have that clarity of thought? And and, and also, should they write down their values in in those kind of situations? Is there kind of any suggestions that you would, again, give them clarity on on consistency between their values and their actions? Yeah. Well, you mentioned the, v- the very important point is to get clear on what are my values? What, what's important to me? And however you, you, you determine that, um, writing it down is always a good idea. Having conversations with others, having conversations with yourself, self-reflection. It's really about asking yourself, why do you want something? 
Why am I working? What am I trying to achieve? What do I want to be remembered by? The things that when you can answer that question, there's no reason why, it just is. You know, I, I, I value um, closeness with other people. I value contributing to society. That's because that's what I value. It's not about getting ahead or getting status. It's because of the contribution I make. And that's gonna be different for different people. And in my experience, the only way to really get clarity on that is to take the time to reflect on why it is you're doing what you do and to get free from any external expectations, things that you may have um, in, in internalized from your upbringing, from your childhood or from other role models and really free yourself and think, what is it that I am working towards? That, that's the value and nobody can take that from you. And yeah, and it seems like that, that is obviously quite a, a journey in self-reflection, but I think, I think that's also where I would think a coach or just something, somebody to speak to on that. You feel specifically that coaches is, um, are a good source to um, help develop this kind of choice point. I mean, how, how do you think that, uh, that kind of really applies to leaders in, in using a coach and helping um, implement the choice point? Well, as I mentioned, I think that the coach asks good questions. And one of the, the, the kind of questions and the line of questioning that a coach can ask is the, 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 the secret weapon, which is the hypothetical question. Yeah. What would happen if you do this? What would happen if you say this? How mm -hmm. might these people react if you do this? And what are the long-term costs of being the way you are? Um, People in leadership positions are obviously successful. Something that they did in the past got them to where they are. Mm -hmm. And that's that thing that got them where they are, you can call it their superpower. The danger is they're going to always be applying that same thing in every situation. And maybe at some point they're gonna reach a situation where continuing the way they were will not allow them to advance. So the coach's role is to hold up that mirror, to ask the difficult questions, to allow people to reflect on, maybe there's a different way. Maybe there's a better way in this situation that's gonna get me where I, be, I need to be in the long term. Is there anything that, I think again, with your experience as a coach, you think you, you've seen be very effective for people being able to practice this on their own? I think what is absolutely essential for any kind of a leader is self-reflection. So one thing I recommend to, to leaders that I coach is they spend maybe just five to 10 minutes at the end of each day or if they prefer at the beginning of each day, reflecting on things that happened in the previous day, things that surprised them, things that went well, things that didn't go well, and why, what they did, how the other person reacted, looking for trends, things that tend to repeat themselves. And that would be the place to say, now, if that happens, if that situation comes up again, mm -hmm. what are my choices? How can I choose to behave in that situation that may lead to a positive outcome over the long run? Mm -hmm. And what advice would you also give to a leader who wants to make a choice point, maybe that didn't have it before, a part of their life um, and professional practice overall? Well, the advice for, that I have for uh, a leader would be this requires courage and it requires patience. Hmm. It takes courage to see things the way they are not just the facts in the world, but also the internal world of thoughts and feelings. In fact, that takes the most courage to, to, to see me the way I am, and then also to accept that I am the way I am without trying to fight it or deny it, push it away, say, I might as well accept my thoughts and feelings because as John Kabat-Zinn says, they're already there. Yeah. 
And the other thing is patience because it takes time to change behaviors. Setbacks are normal. Um, they're to be expected, so be patient with yourself. Don't beat yourself up if you realize that you have gone off the path. Just gently remind yourself of your long-term goals and values and, and, and let yourself get back onto that path. Have compassion for yourself and for others. Realize that you're not alone and we're all going through the same situation. I'll leave the final word with you, Mark. I mean, from, from what we discussed around the choice point, I mean, what, what are the key takeaways that you really want people to take with them um, with regards to the choice point? Yeah, I'll, sum it, I'll summarize um, that leadership is about deployment of self into circumstances. And those circumstances include events in the world, other people's behavior, things that happen, but also events inside one's own head, thoughts and feelings. You can't change the circumstances. You can't change the thoughts and feelings, but you can choose how to act. That's the choice point. And behavior that is driven by autopilot may feel good in the short term, but it comes with significant long-term costs. So actively choosing behaviors aligned with and in the direction of your values will ultimately lead to success and fulfillment. Right. Well, that's a great way to end it, Mark. I think, um, look, I think really insightful. Uh, hopefully people will be um, able to practice this. But thanks so much for, for your insights, for your time, Mark. And um, yeah, hope to see you again on the show at some point. Yes. Thank you very much, Sam. It was my pleasure.